autism. Church. We are so excited and happy to see your smiling faces this morning. Who's excited to worship our God? Let's do it. Please stand and worship with us. He's coming on the clouds. Kings and kingdoms will bow down. And Every chain will break, it's broken hearts declare his praise, for who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah, he's roaring with power and fighting our battles, and every knee will bow before him. the sins of the world his blood breaks the chains and every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb oh every knee will bow before morning that no one can stop our Lord. Let's sing that with strength. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can 
He says that if you follow these commands and do what I say, you're like a wise man who has built his house on the rock. And Jesus is the rock. And if you don't do these things, it's like you've built your house on sand and it's not firm. And that doesn't mean that we have to be perfect because we're never gonna be perfect. Um, I was reading in 2 Samuel and it, it was talking about um, David. David wanted to, to, he decided like, hey, I'm gonna, I love God and I want, I want God to have a permanent dwelling place. And he was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this like huge tabernacle and it's gonna be this permanent dwelling place for God to reside. And he knew God's heart because God ultimately had the plan for Jesus to come so that we could have that permanent dwelling place for all people. Um, so David was definitely like understanding the heart of God, but his, his, the, how he was going to like get that, accomplish that was a little, was a little off. But David was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pursue this. And God sent a prophet. And that prophet was like, hey, David, no, like, I love, I love the heart of this, but like I have, I, I'm gonna do that with my son. And so I'm not gonna like let you build this tabernacle. But even though David was a little off, even though his understanding of what God was doing and saying wasn't perfect, right? Even though he started doing something a little bit out of like God's will, he was still trying, he was putting in effort. And God for that said, I'm gonna bless your house. And he did, he blessed David's house. And then Jesus came as the son of David, right? Like he came, so God still did the very thing that was in his heart through the lineage of David. And so I just wanna encourage you that we don't have to be perfect. And it's, we're never gonna be. But as long as we're building our foundation, we're, we're cultivating our lives upon the words that Jesus said, do this that God will bless us. And that is the firm foundation that we can rest upon. Christ is my firm foundation. The rock on which I stand when everything around me
Well, good morning, Zoe Church. How are you guys doing today? Greg and I are happy to be that back. Was, we wait, were that was weak. How y'all oh, doing today? Oh, oh, oh. That's so there we go. There's one. <laughs> there, that was a little better. Anyways, Greg and I are happy to be back this Sunday. We were gone last week, but we just want to say welcome to Zoe Church. If this is your first time here, welcome, and we would love to meet you. So if this is your first Sunday, out in the lobby, there is a table out there. We would love to meet you, and we have a small gift for you. But no before okay. you interview, okay. say before. hi online. You guys, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Did you know it's Super Bowl Sunday? If you didn't, well, now you know it's Super Bowl Sunday. And for Super Bowl Sunday, you must have wings, right? Oh, yes. So if you have not prepared anything for Super Bowl Sunday, raise your hand. And if you get up here fast, you get both of these gift cards. <laughs> got some. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I almost got taken out. Tobias Sabi does. He's like, there we go, Wednesday night. That was a good effort. He came out of nowhere. He jumped this. This is incredible. Well, for those of you who are online, you just missed that maybe. It was impressive. But welcome. Thanks for joining with us. If this is your first time, special welcome to you. If you wouldn't mind doing us a favor online, uh, you can go to our website, zchurch.org. And and on there, there's a Stay Connected page. And that has a ton more information of who we are as a church, but also you can fill out a digital connect card. And that's just a way for us to get to know you and welcome you here into our church family. Well, what do th- we got coming up? I mean, up? this past Wednesday, if you were not here, I hate to say it, but you missed out. We started Alpha this past week and it was so awesome. This room gets transformed into a bunch of tables and there was a, over 200 people in this room for Alpha and it's absolutely amazing. But while we're having Alpha... The youth is happening, and so many cool things are happening over at the youth group as well, and so it's been such a fun week here at Zoe. Come on. Hey, we are uh, making a few changes around here, and uh, anyone in here you just don't like change? Come on. Okay, there's a couple hands. Well, I'm going to force you to make some change here. So if you have a smartphone, go ahead and take that out real quick. Uh, we are moving a ton of our stuff to a new platform online. And so you, if you take out your phone um, and, and go to your app store, there's an app called Church Center. And, and we are going to be doing a ton of new things, uh, giving platforms, a ton of things like that through here. So if you go ahead and you download Church Center um, and you search Zoe Church, you'll be able to download that. And just the things that we're going to be implementing this year, it's going to be a huge resource to be able to have that and use that. All right. And next Sunday is our annual business meeting. And if you're like me, those don't sound like very much fun. But it's going to be fun because we are going to be, this is an opportunity for us to cast vision of what's been happening at Zoe, what is going to happen this next year. And so anybody is able to attend this meeting, but I want to encourage you, if Zoe Church is your home and you are a member of this place, you should not miss this meeting because this is your house. This is your family. You want to be a part of it. So this next Sunday, six o'clock here, there is childcare birth through five years of age. Come on. Well, hey, we actually have something to celebrate today. And so I'm going to invite up all of the, uh, those who have gone through our membership class, who have chosen to get uh, uh, welcomed here into the church, and I'm going to invite up Pastor Greg for this as well. Awesome. Can you give it up for the new members? Yeah. 
That's great. So, uh, yeah, we've got a new group coming in. I think there's about 15 people that are stepping in as official members here at Zoe Church. Now, what in the world does that mean? Uh, uh, these are people who are, for us, membership says commitment. It isn't like Costco, like I just get some fringe benefits when I'm a member here at Zoe Church. It means commitment says I'm all in to the mission, the vision, what God is doing here, and I'm invested to be a part of what God's doing in this place. And so each one of these people have taken a few steps. First, they went to our Next Step class. If you haven't already participated in Next Step, I would encourage you to do that, where they get to hear about the mission, vision, values of our church, figure out how they can get involved and serve. Uh, They've also taken the step to be a part of our membership class, which happens uh, every couple of months, and so you might be willing to take the step to be a part of that in the coming months. But they also have all made a commitment to say, I want to follow Jesus completely and take the step of baptism. In fact, a few of them are taking that step of baptism next Sunday for our baptism service. You don't want to miss out on that next week. Um, and, And this group has just said, hey, we are invested. We're going to engage with everything that we've got to be a part of what God is doing here. And so what excites me is every time people take a step of commitment to say, I want to lean in a little bit more, as a community, we get stronger because these people have gifts and strengths and God's placed things in them that is going to benefit us as a body. That's the point. God gives gifts to people to better the body, to to strengthen us. And so I think we're about to get stronger. I'm super excited about that. So they're going to respond to a few things here, and then we're going to take a moment to pray over them. But I want you to just uh, look toward me for a second here. A number of these things are things you've already committed to, uh, but we're going to publicly affirm these. And I just want you to reply, we do when I ask you to, all right? Do you agree with the core beliefs of Zoe Church? And as such, have you submitted to Jesus as your Lord and received him as your Savior? If so, say, we have. Do you support the mission, vision, and values of Zoe Church and therefore commit to do your best to live in unity with the body of Christ here at Zoe? If so, say, we do. And do you commit to be a functioning member of the Zoe body by using your unique, unique gifts and resources to serve our church family? If so, say, we do. Awesome. Would you just go ahead and turn out uh, to the congregation here? Look at these pretty faces. They're great, aren't they? And uh, we're just going to take a moment to pray over them, pray a blessing over them. So if you're comfortable doing so, would you just extend a hand? And we just want to pray a blessing over this group. God, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing uh, in the world, but we thank you for what you're doing right here in this body. And God, I believe that each one of these people has been brought for such a time as this to be a part of what you are doing here, to be used for your glory. And so, God, I pray there may be gifts and skills and talents and experiences that have laid dormant in their lives because they've never been used. But, God, I'm praying for a releasing of those things here. God, that you would use them like never before. God, that you would use them for your kingdom. God, to to bring the hope of Christ to people. God, to be your hands and feet. Uh, right here in this community and the surrounding areas. And so God, anoint them, use them. And God, I pray our, strong would, our church would continue to grow stronger in unity and purpose as we follow after you. We pray that in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen, amen. Can you give it up for them one more time as they grab their seats? You go ahead and go down, guys. Thank you so much. Hey, before I have Hunter... Uh, transition us into our time of giving. I just want to give you one more uh, mention here. If you're a guest here, you can tune out for two minutes here. Uh, This is an insider conversation. Uh, But we've been talking about the new things. We talked about the new app, right, with uh, some new opportunities in that. With that, we are changing our giving platform. 
All right, and he mentioned that already. It's changing our giving platform. So what does that mean for you guys? Because I would say once upon a time, about 30 to 40% of our giving came online. At this point, it's more like 90 to 95% of our giving comes online. So this is important for you to understand. So as of this morning, everywhere on both apps, our old app, our new app, and on our website, all of the giving platform has just changed. So if you are one who gives online and you go every couple weeks or a month or whatever and you give, the first time you give, you might say, oh, what happened to my bank account in here? The reason is it's a brand new giving platform. So the first time that you give, you're going to have to insert your data again, all right? Just be aware of that. That's a change. Now, there's many of you out there that give with recurring giving. You've set it up automatic giving, automated giving, so it gives every two weeks or once a month or whatever. Um, For those of you out there, you're going to have to do a little extra step, all right? There's two steps for you. Number one, you're going to have to set up your automated giving in the new system, and then you're going to have to shut down and cancel your automated giving in the old system, okay? Now, we know who the people are that set up automated giving. And so you will be receiving emails this week that will tell you exactly what to do, all right? And you've got, you've got six, we have six weeks to take care of this, okay? In six weeks, our old giving platform will shut down, all right? So you have the next six weeks. But the sooner we do it, the better it will be for everyone. And so we're going to, again, we will, if you have automated giving, we will tell you and we'll send those emails out. It'll explain exactly what you need to do to get that changed in the in, as the weeks go on, we may even talk about other ways to help if you're having any difficulty with that. There's one other thing I want you to be aware of, though, with this, okay? Because we're making a change, everybody's going to have to set up their new giving. You may not realize something. Every time you buy something with a credit card, you may not realize, but the person you're buying that from only gets about 97% of what you're paying. The other 2 to 3% goes in fees to Visa or MasterCard or to whoever it is. The same thing is true in giving to a donation to a church or something like that. So if you are giving with a card, that's great, but just know that only 97 or 98% of what you're giving is actually going to be given to the person that you're giving to. Okay, our new system has a feature where you can click, I want to cover the fees. That's great, and that's an option. But a better option would be this. If you give directly from your bank account, meaning you set it up with a checking account number or a savings account, those kind of things... You know what the fee is? 25 cents. No, it's not zero. It's 25 cents. Close. 25 cents. 25 cents. Doesn't matter if you give 10 bucks or 10,000 bucks, the fee is 25 cents. All right? So for you, and you can still click a button that says, I'll cover the 25 cents if you want to. That's great. Okay, but what it means is we want to help you get as much of the money, because when I give money, I'm not looking to give it to Visa, right? I want to give it to who I want it to go to. All right? And so just understand. So as you set up, it'll take you an extra minute probably. I got to go find my bank statement to do that. But in the long term, if you're going to be giving long term here, it's the best thing for us. All right? Awesome. Isn't that exciting to talk about that, guys? So much fun. Give it up for Hunter. As Come on. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, hey, uh, before Greg comes awkwardly back up here to preach a message, but um, I just want to, I want to celebrate uh, just a win. Uh, like, and we, I've talked about this a ton. Um, the youth last year, they set a goal for um, something called Speed the Light of, of what they wanted to raise. Um, and and uh, the goal that they set, actually two years ago, they raised uh, a little over $2,000 uh, for Speed the Light, which is incredible. Last year, they set a goal of $60,000. And I thought, that was stupid, right? <laughs> like, wow, okay. Um, and, and it wasn't a goal that I set. It wasn't a goal that, that leaders set. It was a goal that students set. And at the end of the year, they came in at, at $107.5,000. 
Incredible. Um, but uh, our, our student leaders got together um, a, a, about two weeks ago, and they set our goal looking into 2022. And um, the audacious goal that they set was a goal by faith. And so what I'm going to ask is, is throughout this year that, that you as a church, that you look for ways to partner with them. Because the goal that our youth set um, that is also a part of our Kingdom Builders is $275,000. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's how I felt, right? Um, but, but I believe that that's well capable through God's kingdom, right? And, and I can't wait to see the youth continue to lead. And so um, I, I just wanna pray by faith for the things that God has put on our hearts here as a church, but also for the youth, that he would raise our faith and that we would see big numbers like that, not in the way of, oh, 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 but like, oh God, you're so good. And, and I can't wait to see God bless and raise all of our faith through this. Can we just pray as we take our tithes and offerings and kingdom builders around here? God, we just thank you. God, thank you doesn't even do it, but God, it is, it is the only thing that we can do to even say uh, just, God, how good you are. God, you, you aren't just good in the high moments on the mountaintops, but God, even in the valleys of our life, God, you are so faithful and good. And God, I just pray that you would open our eyes to see, God, the way that you're moving, the way that you are still doing things, the way that you are calling us out. God, I pray that this would be, um, God, just a year of 2022 that we're stepping into, God, where you're calling us into greater and greater faith, greater reliance on you, God, stepping out and seeing that, God, you are so faithful and that doesn't end. And God, I pray that um, over the dreams that you've put on the hearts of people around here and our kingdom builders and in the speed of light, God, I pray that you would open up doors that, God, we, we couldn't even imagine, but it only can happen through you. God, that at the end of this year, we can look back and say, God, we didn't do much, but God, you did incredible things. And God, raise our faith. God, use us, challenge us, make us uncomfortable. God, we pray that we're gonna see incredible things through your spirit when we pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. Good morning again, church. Uh, so glad that we are together here. Once again, we want to welcome those that are worshiping with us online. We love that you're able to join with us. Uh, before I jump into our message, though, this morning, I do just want to share something, and then I want to take a moment to pray for something. Uh, for those who may not be aware, we have a, we're a part of the Assemblies of God in one of our local churches uh, that we are uh, in a relationship with River Valley. Um, unfortunately, yesterday, tragically lost one of their uh, pastors, one of their campus pastors, Anthony Richards, uh, served at the Edina campus uh, for the last several years. And uh, that church is hurting today. And I know that there's people who are a part of our congregation who maybe were a part of River Valley at some point in time. And uh, we just want you to know we're really sorry for that loss. And we want to take a moment to pray. That's a community. It's a church. You know, that, that specific campus might have 1,500 people or so. And this morning, they showed up to church, and their pastor was no longer with them. And so we want to just take a moment to pray. So would you just join your heart with mine as we just pray over that church? God, I thank you um, that you say you are with us, you are near to us, you're near the brokenhearted. And you say, uh, God, that, that we can cast our burdens onto you. And right now there is a family, there is a wife and two kids, and there is a church family that is broken and that is hurting. And so God, I pray that you would just wrap your arms around them. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me, Father. 
It's frustrating in some ways, but God, I, I say, Lord, you are still king. You are Lord, and we trust you. And so, God, I ask that you would just guard them, protect them, guard their hearts, guard those kids' hearts, their faith, their minds. Lord, would you just hold them when they, they don't have the strength, when that wife doesn't have the strength. God, I pray that you will hold them by your grace, Lord. And I pray that church would be held firmly, Lord. And God, that there would be a, the rock of Christ would be the firm foundation for that church this morning. Even as they're worshiping right now, God, would you lift them up, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Thanks so much for, for joining with us. Well, we are uh, going to continue in the series uh, that we've been in for the last several weeks, The Jesus Way, Volume 2, as we're walking through the back half of the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark. If you missed last Sunday's message... You missed out, okay? Uh, Pastor Micah brought it. I got the chance to listen to the message, man. It was, I told him it was the best message I've ever heard him preach here. So challenging on prayer and fasting. And so if you didn't hear that message, you need to go watch that message. And there's been testimonies I've heard this past week of people who've stepped in and said, man, I'm taking a step and leaning into fasting because of what I heard last week. And so really step into that. I, I'm just excited that God used him in the way that he did last week. Uh, well, how many of you know that there's just some things in life that we just choose not to talk about, right? There's things we don't talk about. And then there's things in life that we just don't really want to talk about. In our home, there's a couple of things that we don't like to talk about. We have small kids, right? And when you have small kids, you understand this because when we're having a meal, we're having a meal and we're eating nice food, right? Food. And I'm thinking about the beautiful food. Sometimes poop comes up as a topic of discussion. And I'm like, I'm eating my meal right now. Could we change the topic, guys? Like, I don't want to talk about this right now, okay? There's something else. I oversee the finances for the most part in our home. And, and sometimes I have to, to look at certain items and elements having to do with the future. And particularly, I have to look at things like life insurance and those kind of things. And when I bring that to my wife and say, hey, we got to talk about some things, she'll sometimes go like this. I don't want to talk about it, Greg. I don't want to think about you dying. I don't want to think about it. And I get it because I'm amazing. And she, <laughs> And, it, and she's going to really miss me when I'm, no, that's not it at all. We just don't want, there's certain things we don't want to talk about, right? Maybe you're the same way. When it comes to the modern church, I think there's a few things that we don't like to talk about, okay? There's a few things that we don't bring up. And one of those is a four-letter word that we're going to talk about today. And the word is this, hell. We don't like to talk about it, right? It's, it's uh, not something that we enjoy. There's, a, there's several other words associated. We don't like to talk about the word sin, uh, we don't like to talk about the, the phrase final judgment. Those are things that we don't like to talk about. We have a tendency to avoid them. You can go to a lot of churches and go years without ever hearing those words ever spoken of. And the passage we're going to look at today is going to kind of force us to deal with this a little bit. And this is why I love preaching through the Bible and preaching through books of the Bible. Uh, if you're new here, uh, this isn't my decision. This just happens to be the next text. And so when I preach through a book, I'm forced to preach things that maybe I wouldn't want to preach, which is good, right? Because sometimes you're, you're forced to do the thing that's good for you, you need, but you just don't really want to go there here. And so if you're a guest, just understand this isn't my normal repertoire here of what I'm preaching, but this is what Jesus has to say. And so we really need to lean into this thing, okay? Now, why do we avoid talking about hell? Well, a couple reasons. One it's just uncomfortable, right? The ideas that we see in scripture can feel uncomfortable, and so we just avoid it, and we don't talk about it. But I think there's another reason, and it's this, is that there's a lot of unknown when it comes to the idea of hell. And we have a tendency in Christianity, one of our weaknesses is, is that we tend to focus on the things that we don't know or understand, ignore the things that we do know. I'll give you an example. I'll get people that come up to me like, Greg, 
We got to do a series examining all the prophecies of the end times. That's what we got to do. And I feel like Jesus would say, are you loving your neighbor? Right? Like, why are you worried about digging into all the crazy things you don't know and you're not doing the things that are absolutely clear? Okay? And so this morning, we're going to look at hell. And there's a lot we don't know. You're right. But there are some things that are clear. And that's what we're going to look at today. Okay, and that's what we're going to dig in. The passage that we've got is very challenging, and I think it's intended to be. <laughs> this isn't an easy one, all right? If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter 9, beginning in verse number 42, all right? As you're turning there, just remember we're in our Bible reading plan, reading through the New Testament together. Uh, almost done with the book of Matthew. We're going to head on to a new book. So if you haven't jumped in, go to our website. It's right on the top of our homepage or in our new app. You can find that. Would you stand with me? So we're going to read just a few verses together. Mark chapter 9, verse 42 says this. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into hell, where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to stumble... Cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the worms that eat them do not die and the fire is not quenched. It's a little light reading for us here this morning. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word. And these words that Jesus spoke 2,000 years ago, God, I pray we'll take them seriously. God, we need some, some thought patterns probably broken in our lives. We've got some actions we probably need broken in our lives. And so, God, I pray that you would speak. I don't want to hear me today. I want to hear you today. So would you speak to our hearts? We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. You can be seated. How many, when, when you were a kid, you had that favorite stuffed animal or little blanket? Anybody have that when you were like a little kid? Some of you, Okay. Some of you, uh, your kids probably have those things. Like with my kids, they all had their little blankie. They all had these little blankie things. Each of them had their own, and that was like the soft color. You know, we love those things. Why? Because they're soft, and they're, they're comfortable, and they're, they're cozy, all those kind of things. Uh, there's, a, there's a blanket that still shows up in my bed on a regular occasion. This thing right here. Look at this thing. Look at this thing. You see this thing? This is my wife's blankie. <laughs> <laughs> Not Amber. <laughs> so she got this when she went to, co she graduated high school. She got this as a gift from somebody. And this was her blankie, like in college. Like it was just fun. And it still shows up. And I don't, this is like disgusting. This thing's falling apart. I've told her, I think we need to burn it. But, um, but it's still around. Why? We like these kind of things. Why? Because they're soft and they're comfortable and they're cozy. And here's the problem though. When, when we come to Jesus, I think we want the same thing. We want the comfortable. And so I went to Google this past week and I Googled Fuzzy Jesus. And at the Hallmark in Apple Valley, I found this. Fuzzy Jesus. Here's Fuzzy Jesus. This is, this is creepy on so many fronts, okay? 
so many ways. Like, especially like this thing, this, like it's, it's, it's got beans in it. There's beans in there. It's just kind of awkward in a lot of ways, all right? But I know it's funny, but, but here's the deal. When we come to Jesus, we like the fuzzy Jesus. Honestly, we do. We love the Jesus, you know, that says, let all the, let all the children come to me, Jesus, right? We love that one. We love the Jesus that, that says, you know, you're my friend. You're my good friend. We love the Jesus that calms the storms. We love the Jesus who said, you know, like just sit and tell stories. We're all just going to sit around your feet, Jesus, and you're going to tell us stories. We love that Jesus. And it's not all bad. This is good. These are revelations of who God is in Christ, okay? We, these are important things, critical for us to understand it. And I think there's an element of intimacy with God that we understand. There's elements of, of who God is, this idea of his love and his grace and the mercy of God, which is foundational to our faith. It is desperately needed for every single one of it. But I will say this. If we fixate on fuzzy Jesus and we avoid the more challenging parts of Jesus' ministry, then we only get a partial view of Christ, and therefore we get a distorted view of God. Okay? I'll just say this. If we only receive the parts of Christ that seem palatable to us, we've just created a different God. And in doing so, you know who we've made God? Ourselves. Okay? And so this morning, this isn't like a fun passage. This isn't all easy. But this is part of Christ's teaching. These are his words. And I think we need to dig into this. And so this isn't fuzzy Jesus. This is hard stuff. This is Jesus bringing us a warning. And so I want to start there. I I think there's a warning that he's giving us. And this is a warning that is true across the... This is just a principle that's true. But we're going to see how this plays out. And the warning that Jesus gives us is this. Decisions have consequences. Decisions have consequences. Now, this is just a true statement for every single one of us. Your decisions have consequences. This morning, you had the decision, well, am I going to wear deodorant or not? And there are consequences for that decision. Am I going to brush my teeth or not? There are consequences, good or bad, for that decision in your life. You have the opportunity. Am I going to go work out or am I going to go eat more canes? There are consequences to that decision. That's how life works. Okay? And Jesus is going to take this universal principle that's true of our lives and say it's no different when it comes to spiritual things. Right? Your decisions have consequence. So I want to dig into this beginning in verse number 42, if you would. It says this. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. Now, before I dig into the challenging and the hard stuff of this, I want to give you the context on the front half so you understand what it is. Uh, Just a few verses before this, it says that Jesus is teaching his disciples. He's got his disciples around him, and he's, he's trying to teach them, and he brings a kid into the middle, a child into the middle of a conversation, and then it says that he picks up the child, and he's having this conversation. So most likely, Jesus is literally holding a child when he's having this conversation, okay? So understand that. So he picks it up and says, if anyone causes this little ones, those who believe in me to stumble, that's what he's talking about. Now, what you have to understand about kids and children at this time, in our society, kids are king, Right? parents are just like, oh, my child, right? My kid's the greatest ever. They lay themselves down for their children. Like, it's all the kids, all the kids. In this society, children were the bottom rung. They were not looked to as the high, like, oh, let's all serve our kids. No, they're at the bottom. Like, we don't care about the kids. We don't think about the kids. They are the vulnerable ones, all right? 
And what Jesus is trying to say is not just simply this whole idea of a child, but those who are vulnerable, the spiritually vulnerable, there is a consequence, right? If we engage in behavior that causes them to stumble, this is a warning that he is giving us. And this is not really a fuzzy Jesus, because what does he say? It'd be better for you if a millstone, you know what a millstone is? These are these things that, that kind of grind grain, right? These massive stones. I saw one in Israel before. This massive, it'd be better if that was attached to you and you were thrown in the sea. What did he say? It'd be better for you to drown alive than for that to happen. It's like, well, what about Jesus, right? That doesn't feel fuzzy Jesus at all, right? He's saying this horrible death would be better than causing a spiritual vulnerable person to fall. Saying, listen, your decisions have consequences. Sometimes we operate in life and we just think, oh, no big deal. Like, no big deal. It's no big deal. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. And Jesus is saying, listen, heads up. Like, this is significant stuff. This is serious stuff. And so often we can take these things so, so very casually, so very lightly. The shock value here that Jesus is bringing is on purpose. This isn't an accident like he's just winging this thing. No, he's saying the whole point is to shock you out of just the normal way of doing things and say, hey, hey, your decisions every day, everything you do, every thought you have, those decisions you make, the actions you take have consequences. Shake yourself out of just the complacent realm, right? Understand it. Everything. There are consequences, okay? You got to think more deeply. Jesus then gets, he gets a little more graphic then, and he gets to the part that sounds like surgery, you know? It says, if your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. If your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. If your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. You might think to yourself, well, that doesn't sound like a good decision, Jesus. <laughs> I don't think that's wise. And Jesus would say this, it is a good decision if you know what the consequences are. Okay? There are plenty of good stories out there of people who have literally cut their own hands or their own foots or their own leg off to save their lives. And I had every intention of getting a one of those really good stories and reading it to you today. Except I was in my office Googling those stories, and you know me in blood, and I almost passed out of my office reading the stories. <laughs> like, yeah. So you can Google it yourself, read your own stories, but there are lots of people, right? They've got a foot stuck somewhere, whatever, they're caught in the mountains or whatever, whatever, and they've literally cut their own limb off because they knew it was the only option for them. That's mind-boggling to me. I do not understand that. But in the moment, they understood something, that this is that important, right? This matters that much, all right? And the point of this teaching that Jesus is bringing is not, hey, just go start cutting body parts off, okay? That's not the point of this teaching. Jesus is trying to prove a deeper point. Your decisions have consequences, and when it comes to eternity, your decisions have consequences. Jesus goes on and says this, it would be better for you to enter life, and that word life is zoe. It would be better for you to enter into zoe maimed. That's, again, feels a little harsh. But he's saying, listen, that would be better for you. I know there's a pain, but listen, the pain is going to be worth it. 
Like that pain is the better decision. Thinking eternally is the better decision. It may not be easy right now, but trust me, in the light of time, it is the wise decision. And I say this to you guys on a regular basis because I don't want you to miss out on this. Sometimes following Jesus is hard. Sometimes being faithful to Christ is hard. It isn't easy. It isn't comfortable. It isn't the thing that you want to do. But Jesus is saying, no, no, no. You can't ignore the reality. Sometimes it's going to be hard, but in that moment, it's still the right decision. It's still the right decision to say, God, I choose to be faithful to you, even if it's hard, if it's difficult, okay? And I say this to new believers all the time because I know we've got new believers who come in and people who come to faith, and unfortunately, they've been given this, this faith that says, hey, just come to Jesus. Everything's going to be great, right, fuzzy Jesus? So we'll just walk with you all over the place. It's going to be easy. Everything's Your breath's going to spell great now. Everything's going to be perfect. And then when something bad happens... You're like, what in the world? This Jesus thing doesn't work. And you bail on it. I get it. Because if you're believing the wrong thing, if you've been fed a different gospel, you are going to miss out. Okay? And so I'm I'm bringing you the truth here because we need to hear this. Right? Sometimes being faithful to Christ means saying no to our flesh when we don't want to. It means saying, God, I'm going to lay this thing down. I'm going to cut this thing off that is causing me to stumble. Why? Because I know faithfulness to you is more important than anything else. And I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to do the thing that is hard. I'm going to do the thing that is challenging for the sake of faithfulness to Christ. See, Paul understood this, the apostle Paul. You know, Paul is, Paul's the guy who's going around. He's sharing the gospel with everybody, right? He's planting churches all over the place. It's amazing. But he understood something. He's like, how horrible would it be for me to to do all this, to lead all these people to faithfulness in Christ, and at the end of my race, I end up missing out myself because I fell somewhere. I went sideways somewhere. And he writes about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, so I strike a blow to my body. I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the price. He's saying, listen, I can, be, I can do all the good stuff out here, right? I can preach, 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 preach. But if I'm not careful and I allow that thing that's causing me to stumble to remain in my life, it may take me in a direction that I had no intention of going. And it'll destroy me ultimately. And God forbid I would lead all these people to Christ and I would disqualify myself. And that's the, that's the burden that I have up here. Like, I got to get up here and preach every week, right? And I'm trying to lead us to Christ. And I'm the broken one. I'm the one who's got just as many problems as all of us out here. But far be it for me that every week I'm going to preach and lead us to the gospel. And at the end of my life, I stand before God and said, I disqualify myself because I allowed stuff in my life that took me the wrong direction. We know ministers like that. I'm sure you know names like that, to have gone the wrong direction. They, play, they said they were the one following Christ, and yet they were going the wrong direction. And he's saying, listen, warning, warning, your decisions have consequences. The things we allow in our lives have consequences. And those consequences are significant. It goes on. It says, it would be better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into hell. Here's the deal. You can hold on to the stuff that makes you stumble. You can hold on to it, grip onto that thing if you want to. That's your decision. Every single one of us has the the ability to make our own decisions. That's the beautiful thing that God has given us, this ability to make decisions. 
You can coddle the sin in your life, and you can take it with you to hell. And what does he say? Where the worms that eat them do not die, and the fire is not quenched. It's a, a trade here. He's saying, okay, you can cut the thing off, or you can keep it. You can. It's just going to take you somewhere you don't want to go, right? And again, this doesn't feel like fuzzy Jesus, right? This is not fuzzy Jesus language, but it's something critical we need to hear. Jesus makes reference to hell or outer darkness or places of weeping and gnashing of teeth, eternal fire prepared for the devils and the angels. He talks about this as many as 70 times in the Gospels, okay? This isn't just like, oh, it's just this one little time here. No, 70 times throughout the Gospels. Now, do we really know what hell is like? No. Why do I say that? Because all of the language in reference to hell is, you, is oftentimes through, you know, metaphors and imagery and things like this. And it's hard for us to know exactly, like, is this exactly a painting of what this is going to be like? How is this like? It's really challenging to know those things. Anybody who says, I know exactly what hell is like, well, I'm sorry, Scripture doesn't tell us exactly what hell is like, okay? But it does use a lot of words around that, right? And every time it talks about it, it's really bad, okay? <laughs> like, that's what we do know. Right? It's words like weeping and mourning and gnashing of teeth and fire and misery, okay? Like the, none of them are good things. And based on the text today, what do we know? If sawing your own hand off is seen as an upgrade, then you probably don't want anything to do with hell, okay? We do know that. We can be firm in that, all right? Jesus made it clear. Our decisions have consequences, and our decisions can have eternal consequences. And so I want to get to our big so what as we wrap up here this morning. And, uh, and I'm just going to kind of sit here for a little bit and, and allow God to speak to our hearts. The big so what this morning is this. Don't take lightly what Jesus takes seriously. Don't take lightly what Jesus takes seriously. We have a tendency to just, to, again, fuzzy Jesus, right? Oh, Jesus, oh, he's just love. It'll be fine, no big deal. Like mercy, grace. But Jesus takes some stuff seriously. It's not all the bad things. I'm not just talking about hell. Like what's one of the things Jesus takes seriously? Hey, you know what you should do? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what you should do. It, It sums up the law and the prophets right there. Do those things. And for some of us, if they, if someone was looking at our life, would they see somebody who loves the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength? Anyway, that's a dude, man. And everything, man, it just feels like everything they do is all about serving God and worshiping every area. It doesn't matter if it's what they do, their finances, the way they care, all those things. Man, that's somebody who loves God. Or would they look at you and say, man, they love a lot of things. Like God might be on their top 10, but he's probably not on their top five list. Like, do you take things seriously that, that Jesus does? Or do we take a lie? Oh, it's not that big of a deal. You know, I think we can all be guilty of that. How about the love your neighbor as yourself part? And that's hard. It's not that, it's not a complex idea. It's just hard to do it every day. Jesus said, this is how we're called to love. You want to express, you want to show that that you're my follower, love one another in a self-sacrificing, laying yourself down kind of way. And yet so many of us, we can say, yeah, I follow Jesus, I follow Jesus, and I hate that guy over there. (laughs) Can't stand my neighbor. My boss is a jerk. I'm like, right? I don't want to do anything for him. You say, okay. Don't take lightly what Jesus takes seriously. This stuff matters. 
I think about the command Jesus gives us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded them. This is the command of every believer. And for a lot of us as followers, you're like, Greg, that's your job. I'm, I'm the, you know, go make disciples. Okay, that's what I have to do. Nope, you are too, because you're a disciple. So your job is to go make disciples. That's your calling. You're like, oh, it's not that big of a deal, Greg. Well, Jesus takes it seriously because that's the last thing he told us to do. Do we take it seriously? The calling that we have? We're like, no, no, no. Just, just enjoying life right now, you know? Just retired lately. I'm just kind of enjoying the beaches. That's great. You know, I'm not saying anything in beaches. I love beaches. I was there last week. But what's the purpose of my life? Is it to sit on a beach or is it to say, no, God, how can I invest what I have for your kingdom? Can I take seriously the things that you've commanded of me? That's what it means to follow Christ. Okay? And then we get to the whole idea of sin, which is really what the, the point of this text is. How do I know that? Because this is a text that has parallel texts. The parallel text to this is found in Matthew chapter 5. Um, actually, actually, there's two in the book of Matthew, but one of the times it gets referenced in Matthew 5 is in the Sermon on the Mount. A lot of us look at the Sermon on the Mount. It's a beautiful, amazing teaching of Christ. But what does he say? He's, he gives this teaching. He says, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. He says, but I tell you, even if you look lustfully on a woman, you've already committed adultery in your heart. All right? And then what does he say? Therefore, if your eye causes you to sin, plug it out your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. You see, he's tying the issue is that we allow things in our lives that cause us to stumble, and we just kind of play around with it. And unfortunately, this is how it is. It's like, oh, it's just, it's just a little sin issue. It's not that big of a deal, right? It's no big deal. Jesus, mercy, love, right? He loves me. That's fine. Squishy Jesus. That's great. You know, no worries. But, but are we taking it seriously? Because he takes it seriously. Like he's saying, hack limbs off over this. This is how important this is. Are you taking the steps? What is it? You know? For some of us, like, yeah, I just go party in the weekend and I do stupid things and stuff and I probably shouldn't be doing that, you know? And it's when I'm with this crowd, I'm like, yeah. So then maybe you should just, like, quit going that direction. You're playing like, oh, I hope I don't get drunk this weekend when I'm with all the friends that I get drunk with every weekend. Like, okay, you may need to make some changes, right? Or, or, or maybe it's an, uh, an issue of, of, of gossip. We, here in the church, we're like, oh, we're not partiers. We're good church people, right? But we sit around and we talk about everybody, you know? We sit and have a conversation. I'm going to pray for this person while I just sit and talk about all the stuff about them and tear them apart. Right? Take it seriously. Jesus does. You should take that seriously, you know? There's just so many different areas. You know, I, we get, uh, I grew up in the church. I've spent my whole life in the church. And, and I'd say one of the crotchetiest groups of people are people who've been in the church a long time. Just going to be honest. I've known some people, they've been in church for 50, 60 years and they will let you know it, right? I'm like, listen, that's great. Do you look like the fruit of the Spirit? Just because you come to church a lot, do you embody love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, selflessness, self-control? Like, do you embody those things, right? Like that, take it seriously. The fact that you don't embody it, does that matter to you? That everybody thinks you're crotchety, does that matter to you? Okay? Don't take lightly what Jesus takes seriously. You might say, okay, Greg, you're, you're getting too harsh here. I want to talk about one more. We just talked about, talk about porn. Okay, I'm just going to say this as a general thing because porn is a massive issue in our culture. It's a huge issue for men and it's a massively growing issue for women. 
And it's very easy to say, it's not that big a deal. I'm not hurting anyone. First of all, that's a lie because when you are looking at that, you are feeding an industry that is putting women and men and children into human trafficking, okay? So you are causing problems to someone else. But you are also destroying your relationships and you are destroying yourself. That's what's taking place. But here's what can happen with porn. It's not a big deal. Nobody knows about it. Not a big deal. All right, oh, I slipped another time. It's not a big deal. Are you doing anything about it? Like, I understand that. Like, it is hard. It's something you've got to work to get out of. It's not an easy thing. But sometimes you've got to cut an arm off. Sometimes you've got to cut a foot off to make this thing happen. You're like, this is a struggle for me, and yet I have no filters on any of my devices. Right? I always take my computer to a quiet place in the back corner that nobody knows about. Right? Don't do that then. Then keep it in the light. Put your computer where everybody else is. Get some filters. Get some accountability in your life. Like, take steps. Don't take lightly what Jesus takes seriously. And some of us, we got to get shaken out of the, we become comfortable with the things that are breaking us. And I'm talking to myself because I'm the same way with the things that are taking me the wrong direction. And I say, God, would you once again awaken my heart, bring me alive, give me a sensitivity to your spirit again, to the things that are taking me the wrong way, may it affect me again. God, because more than anything, I want to be faithful to you. I want to make decisions now that impact my eternity in a positive way. And I want that for every single one of us. Again, you say, man, I don't know that this really matters, Greg. Again, Jesus, love, does he take sin that seriously? All you have to do is look at the cross. Does he take sin seriously? Yeah, he does. The cross is the intersection of the love and the grace and the mercy of God and our sin. He took our sin on himself. He bore our sin for us, as scripture says. He took it on himself. I don't understand the mystery of the cross. It's a mystery. And there's just so much talked about in scripture about the cross and it's unbelievable. But all I know is that God doesn't just turn a blind eye to sin. Is that he knows it needs to be dealt with. Dealt with it on our behalf. But the problem is that sometimes we receive the grace of God and then our response is to go spit back on the cross that he bore for us. It says it this way in the book of Hebrews chapter 10. It says, how much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant, his blood that sanctified them, and who has insulted the spirit of grace? Is this meant to scare you? No, it's meant to say, hey, his blood was costly, and he did it for you. And what is the, the, the correct response? Is surrender, to say, God, help me. Help me to take seriously right, the things that you take seriously. Not to act casually, you know? In our, in our desire to be a casual church, sometimes we have gotten casual about the wrong things. I, I wanna be casual, I can show up here in jeans, I show up here in a hoodie, whatever, I don't care, none of that matters. But when it comes to sin, that does matter. So we can't get casual about the important things. And it's hard, right? Our culture is getting more and more depraved, going the wrong direction, and it's easy to follow suit. But I think about what happened with Jesus there's a woman caught in the act of adultery, caught in the act of adultery, literally caught having sex, okay? Horrible. She gets caught. What happens in that story? It says that they bring her and they're gonna stone this woman. They're all there and like, Jesus, you should stone her. And he says, whoever's without sin, throw the first stone. And you know the story, starting with the oldest to the youngest, they begin to walk away and they say, I'm not without sin. And I think the oldest of us in the room, we understand that. We know the older you get, the more broken you realize you are. Like when you're young, you think you got it all together. You get older, like, man, I'm still messed up. I'm still so immature. But what does Jesus say to this woman? He says, woman, where's the, where are the people that condemn you? Because they all leave. 
She says, there's none of them, Jesus, they're all gone. And he says two things to her, and they're both important. Then neither do I condemn you. What is that? That is the grace of God. That's his love, his mercy, and his passion. What's the very next thing he says, though? Go and leave your life of sin. And so the, the gift of salvation, the gift that God gives every single one of us, this Zoe life, is found in him. It is good things that we don't deserve. It is the grace and the mercy of a God in heaven who cares for us passionately, who gave his life for us. But we must understand that he takes our sin seriously. And that we as followers of Christ, if we don't want to trample on the grace of God, then we need to be those who take seriously what he takes seriously and surrender ourselves and say, God, whatever it is, even if it means figuratively, I need to start chopping some stuff off, I'm going to do it because it matters that much. My decisions today have consequences now and for eternity, all right? There's some of you here this morning that maybe you need to respond to Christ for the very first time. Here's the good news. Says we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, but by placing our faith in Christ, he can give us the gift of salvation that we can never earn for ourselves. And there's some of you this morning that you want to, you want to experience the Zoe life. You want to run to him and experience that. I'm going to give you a chance to respond. For everyone else, I'm going to give you a chance to respond in a moment as well. Um, but would you bow your head, close your eyes across the room. If you're here this morning, I'm not going to mince words. You're ready. You say, I, I need to respond to Jesus. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I need to give my life to him because I know today I am headed the wrong direction. The decisions in my life have taken me the wrong direction. And I want to love Jesus. I want to run into his arms. If that's you this morning and you need to surrender your life to Christ, I just ask you to, to lift your hand across the room and say, that's me. That's me. I want to run away from destruction. I want to run toward life. Yep. Is there anybody else in the room who needs to respond to Christ today? It's the greatest decision you can ever make in your life. Yeah. Yeah, would you pray in your heart a prayer like, like I'm praying right now? If that's you right now, you want to make that decision. Jesus, thank you so much for pursuing me, for loving me, for caring for me. Thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you that you sought me. God, you died for me, and I believe that Jesus is my hope. I admit I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And Lord, I make you my Lord. I make you my King. I make you the leader of my life. Would you have your way in my life, Jesus? Help me to live for you, Jesus, to turn away from anything that distracts and to turn toward you. Pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm gonna be up here. If you made a decision, you wanna respond to Christ, I'm gonna be right here. I'd love to talk to you when service is over with. But I want everyone else to respond here for a moment. We're gonna take two minutes, that's it, and then we're gonna be done. If you are physically able, and I know there's some of you that, that that's just not right now. And if that's you, you, you lean on the front of your chair if you want to. But we're going to do something that we don't do very often. If you are physically able and you say, God, I want to put myself in a position to say, God, would you speak to me in the areas in my life where maybe I've gotten off a little bit, where I've gotten a little complacent. I've allowed some things in my life. I want you to speak. If that's you, can you take a step and just get on your knees right where you're at? Again, if you're not physically able, that's okay. But can we put ourselves in a posture right now to say, God, we're yours and we want to worship you. And I'm going to give you just a moment. I'm going to invite Savannah just to sing over us. And as we do this, would you, would you just allow the Lord to speak to you? Would you, Holy Spirit, speak to you? And just ask that, Spirit, where am, I gone? where am I sideways? Where have I gone complacent? Is there something I need to cut out of my life? Just ask him. And I believe the Holy Spirit's going to speak to us today to lead us.
meal here today not just because it's something we do, but it's we genuinely want to be sincere followers of Christ. And we admit and we acknowledge in repentance that there are areas in our life where we are pointed the wrong direction. So in repentance, we turn from those things. If it's an issue of sin, if it's an issue of being distracted, if it's an issue of wrong priorities, Lord, I pray that we would not take lightly what you take seriously. God, would we cut off the things that are, are taking us and causing us to stumble? And would we pursue you with everything that we are? God, I pray this would not just be a moment, but God, this would be a, a posture of our heart and an attitude that we have as we step into this week, Lord Jesus, to give you everything that we've got. Would you stand with me? And can we just sing it one more time as we close? team forward. If you're here and you need something today, I would encourage you to come forward, allow them to pray with you. Um, but for everyone else, my encouragement to you, can we live what we just preached? Right, can we live this whole idea of saying, God, I'm, I'm yours. And, and this week, you may have to make some hard de- decisions. You may have to cut some stuff out of your life. You may have to put some, some safety in some areas of your life. You're going to need accountability possibly in your life. But I believe that those decisions now can reap eternal benefits for us, right? And that's where our eyes need to be, all right? Love you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you back next Sunday. Completely yours, my heart is yours forever.